0: Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays Movement. Hey there, everybody, and happy holidays. This is Angie Callen, your host of the No More Mondays podcast. We're coming at you with a re-release of Craig Severinsen's episode because for all of you business owners or aspiring business owners out there, you need this information. This extended episode is packed full of awesome, practical, actionable advice to help you start, grow, and scale your business in the new year. So if you've got big business goals for 2023, this is a research resource that is a must have. So listen, take notes and enjoy. And if you've listened to more than one episode of this podcast, you know I love talking about business and entrepreneurship. I could do it all day long. So, I'm especially excited to introduce you to today's guest, Craig Severinson. Craig and I met a few weeks ago down in Denver. We both were speakers at Denver Social Media Day, which was super fun. And as you'll hear, clearly, Craig and I were the hits of the day. Right, Craig? Oh,
1: 100%.
0: <laughs> I was uh, immediately impressed with Craig's energy and his stage presence, but even more kind of impressed and uh, on how similar our perspectives and aligned we are when it comes to innovative business growth and just becoming an entrepreneur as your career. And so we're gonna talk about all kinds of this stuff about uh, ending entrepreneurial burnout, reclaiming your life as a business owner, and uh, how to leverage what Craig has developed, a really unique approach to business growth called the Built to Scale Framework. So I can't wait to talk about all kinds of little things here. And I hope you will all help me welcome Craig Severinson to the show. Craig, welcome to No More Mondays.
1: Hey, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: Woo-hoo! Um, this I feel like you and I are going to get rowdy because we've got lots of good things to talk about that we, I think, probably share experiences and perspectives on. But before we start really digging in and talking shop, I think it would be helpful to give everybody a little bit of your backstory. So we know that you're in the entrepreneurial business coaching world today. Uh, How did you get here? Uh, What's the Reader's Digest version of your kind of career history?
1: Yeah, I love how you say we're gonna get routed because you could see that even as we started getting nice, like rubbing my hands together. I'm like leaning forward, I'm, like, let's dive into let's this Angie.
0: I feel like we both wanted to do jazz hands, even though nobody can uh, see it.
1: We, we did do jazz hands. <laughs> but, so yeah, you can see it, guys. But we were here, like, you know, the snaps and the jazz hands for claps. because we're so excited. Um, so reader's digest version version. How did I get into this? Um, I you know, I think that there's kind of two two kind of Pivot points that uh, we need to highlight for me, and one is before I even became an entrepreneur, right? So um, I had the a, a great honor opportunity to work with some really big companies before I became an entrepreneur. So I worked for uh, Edelman Public Relations, which is an international public relations firm. Um, I worked with uh, the Walt Disney Company. I actually did PR and marketing for Disneyland, And their resort in Hawaii called Alani. Uh, So that was lots of fun. And then in my last position, you know, I was just, I, I loved working with these places, but I was just miserable the whole time. And I couldn't figure out why. And in the last position, I finally had the team. I had, I was the boss. I had the money. I had everything that I was like, quote unquote, working towards. And I was still just miserable. And I was like, what is going on? And um, the tipping point for me in that scenario was my son was born, second child, and I was sitting in my office and it happened to be a lull in between two events. So actually I had done a 5K and my wife had walked it while pregnant and then went into labor because she walked the 5K. So it was literally the day after an event ended, right? And uh, so there was, like, a, a little bit of a break for the team. Like, it was just, like, built in this, like, decompression. And so I'm in my office pretending to be busy with a newborn at home. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I why am I even in the office? And that was my tipping point for, oh, my goodness, I can build a better life if I just go out on my own. And so one, one little pivot for me or connection point there was it's not that – my bosses were horrible. It's not that uh, the the jobs were horrible. It's that I was putting myself in a box by working for them that I wasn't meant to be in.
0: And if, I think you bring up this is so. There's a really interesting because we're going to get into business and entrepreneurship a lot. But as somebody who you know, I really believe you can build an entrepreneurial endeavor into your career, and that's a lot what we're going to talk about. But there's a really I think just very career fundamental piece that you bring up when you talk about this tipping point. And that's the idea of like this has come up a lot lately in in my world. I love recurring themes and I like to pay attention to them. But this idea of like I did, quote unquote, everything right. I went to school. I got the job at the big company. I got the next job at the next big company. I moved up the ladder. I had the team. I made the money. So by society's definition, you should be doing great. You should be fulfilled and and satisfied because you made it. You have it all. However, that doesn't mean that it is right for you and your kind of personal and life goals.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think for me in that moment, it was a a decision to build life on my own terms, which I think is definitely applicable whether you are an employee or an entrepreneur, Uh, building life on your own terms and saying, hey, these are the standards that I want to live my life by and what i mean by that is you know i was for me it was i shouldn't be at work when i want to be at home with my newborn like and I, and i shouldn't you know I, as as an adult i get really you know <laughs> vacation time drives me crazy it's like i'm an adult if i want to go on vacation i'm going to go on vacation you know what i mean like i can manage my work and do this so like that kind of helped me form this vision of like What my life could be like and what my life could be like in terms of providing jobs for other people, like how I wanted to be as an employer and as a boss.
0: Oh, wow. And that's there's so much like there's a vision there to think about building something of your own in order to do that and what it can do for other people. But it's so it's like I'm 42 years old. Do I really need a hall monitor?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for real. Do I I really need somebody checking over my hours every day? I I personally don't. I know that that's the reality for a lot of people. But man, the idea of filling out a timesheet makes me just sick to my stomach. Like I just yeah, that does not jive with me.
0: Well, and you you probably when you were in PR, you had to because it's all billable client work. I had to do the same thing when I was an engineer. It's literally like billing your time down to 15 minute increments so that they can appropriately go invoice the client for all the all the labor hours. And it's like. Oh, it's it's so, so much. And this the idea of and I I think so much has changed in the last like 10 to 15 years in the market that that in the professional world where that really rigid environment is no longer. uh, I don't know if expectation is the right word, but there's definitely a push to move away from it and have these kind of more flexible, accountability driven environments. And, and I also think to kind of segue us into the entrepreneurship that all of that stuff together is what also paved the way for entrepreneurship and business ownership to be a much more viable, not so your parents look at you funny, you're going to do what kind of career track?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, And, you know, I think that brings up, you know, this is, that is a great segue because after I left, You know, I left with all these ambitions to be like, hey, um, you know, I'm going to build life on my own terms and I'm going to take vacations every week. I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to be, you know, it's going to be awesome. And uh, you get into your business, you start working on it and you just you get when you're doing something you're passionate about, you really get focused on it. Right. And so I fell into a trap almost every entrepreneur falls into. And that is you work on your business and for several years and turn around and say, holy cow, this is more time-consuming, more demanding. I am my own worst boss compared to my past job. I am more constricted because I've just built myself into this like never-ending cycle of work.
0: Yeah, you created a really nice job for yourself.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that is just like this built-in corporate guilt of um, if you're not busy, then you're not productive, right? So busyness versus running a business, right? Like that's kind of the, the line that we start to walk. And most entrepreneurs fall into this trap of like, if I'm not constantly doing something, then I'm failing. And so that's why we get like, you know, we see these like, oh, it's the dream to be working on a beach. No, the dream is to be playing on the beach and not be thinking about work, right? Like, but that's the trap we fall into. And so that that to me was what when I had that realization is what then switched me over to how do I build a business that doesn't sacrifice my personal life? How do I have both those things, a crazy thriving business and a crazy, exciting life? And that's what brought me to where I am today and what I'm, I'm working and teaching today.
0: I love it. And I, I had the same experience. And I, to some extent, to be completely transparent and still in that transition, when March of 2020 happened, Uh, business went nuts. And I was working like 70 hours a week. And the thing is, when you're in our kind of when in any kind of work, you're just you're burnout, whether you realize you're burned out or not, you're not as effective if you are burning the candle at both ends. And so I did the exact same thing that it was like, holy cow, it was Angie works more and charges more in, in order to make more money and now really get into more of a growth strategy that is built on some intention versus just sell, 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 coach, coach, coach. And then it's six days out of the week. The one one day off I had, I was the shell of a human. And we're like you, we we we're we're adventurers. We love to go out and play, live in the mountains and all that kind of stuff. And I was so exhausted on the one day of play that I was like, I want to sit on the couch and stare. And that's that isn't the way. And maybe you do that to like ramp up for a year, but you've got to have a plan in order to then kind of taper it off and make it long term sustainable, because that's not Long-term sustainable, and so I want to hear more about the built-to-scale framework that you built from your experience. Kind of teetering on that edge, I want to learn about for me, and I want to give that that knowledge to everybody out there. So tell us more about it.
1: So, um, so yes, one hundred percent. And if you don't mind, I want to dive into something you said first, and that is, you know, this idea of your solution to getting out of that trap was work more, charge more, work more, charge more. And that's where we all kind of start. But there's an epidemic. You know, I'm in the coaching space, consulting space. And then I, my clients are mainly agencies. You know, people are trying to grow some sort of marketing agency or ad agency or whatever. Um, And so they're the same academic, epidemic is facing both these industries of where prices just some people are just charging crazy amounts of money and it's not sustainable or comparable to the amount of work going into it and so there's this there's this balance between when you first get going that raise your rate model is what you need to do and nine times out of ten you're it's because you're way under market and Mm -hmm. so as you raise your rates and get more confident that's how you grow but then you reach this point where it's like you're charging a crazy amount of money and the marketplace no longer wants to pay it and so you have to make this switch from and in your case Angie doing all the work to how do I switch this so that I can charge a reasonable amount that the marketplace wants to pay but I am not doing all the work and so that's that's where this built to scale framework you, I mean you just spelled it out that's why this exists because this is how you do that right so the framework is split into uh, two parts, a growth phase and a scale phase. So the growth phase, we call them foundations of a growing business. And this is three things that every business has to do if you wanna make money, period, like you have to do it. And so the three things are, number one, you have to have a hyper-focused niche, so notice, I'm saying hyper focus, right? Like it's got to be like really, truly clear. This is who I work with. I whenever I, I always laugh because whenever I say, "Oh, you got to niche down," like as the first thing, it's like every business owner rolls their eyes. But if, you, if I were to ask you, what's your niche? Like, could you actually tell me? Like, this is like the medicine everyone knows they should take and nobody's taking it. So hyper-focused niche. I'm like You're seething
0: here. at the mouth over here. I wish you all could see me because everything you just said literally has either, I've either experienced and or has come out of my mouth. Um, and even down to like you grow and then you scale. So how far can you push your, your business through organic growth before you then have to start thinking about strategic scaling? Oh, 100%. Um, And I'm going to have to just go back for a second, because especially in the career coaching space, the rates are like out of control. You either have people who are so undervaluing their skill set and they're charging like $200 a resume, or you've got people that want to charge $1,200 to write your LinkedIn profile, which, let's just be straight up, takes 45 minutes if you haven't written the resume yet. If you've written the resume, it takes 15. And I look at that thinking, I just – even if people will pay that, it is just – No. And so and it's gotten to be like it's just crazy, Bill. But then like this whole idea of growth and scale is is, this is why I was so excited because it's like so my perspective on business and I have a mastermind focused on growth. And the very first thing that we do in it is niche (laughs) and people fear it so bad because if I'm not if I'm niching, how am I going to how am I going to reach enough people? But if you try to be everything to everyone, you're nothing to no one.
1: At exactly. hundred percent. The example I put, and it's a weird example, but for some reason it gets through to people is I always say, imagine you're at a party and you've got a plate of cookies that you want people to eat and you walk, you know, it's just a bustling, like the party's full, right? So you stand up there and say, Hey, who wants some cookies? Who's going to respond? Probably nobody, right? Like it's a party. They're talking to each other. They're not paying attention. Even if you yell super loud, they might just like nod at you, but nobody's coming over to grab a cookie. But if you start going group to group, and saying, hey, you know, these are my homemade cookies. It's my grandma's recipe. They're really good. I'm going to put them right here if you want some. How many people are then going to say, oh, yeah, I want one. Grab it. Right? Like that, that's what niching is. It's not about exclusion. You're not, like, trying to, like, cut people out. You're just trying to activate people. And you're doing it by giving specific messages to specific groups.
0: You know who you want to activate, but that doesn't mean you aren't going to activate somebody outside of that little bullseye.
1: Yep. And when somebody
0: outside of that bullseye comes to you, you don't say, oh, sorry, you're not part of my niche. (laughs) I don't serve you. It's just putting your resources into activating that kind of avatar, you know, you want to activate and, you know, will resonate with the audio with the messaging. So you get a higher ROI and then others will come too. And that's I think that that's what I think people fear is that, like well, what do I do with people outside of that? Yeah. Help them too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, your, your ideal clients, they go to church, they go to gym, they go, they have friends and they'll tell people, you know, and if somebody outside your niche, like you said, comes, it's like, take them. And here's the funny thing is that when you really own, like when you really own your hyper-focused niche, um, first we're scared. Oh man, I don't know if I want to work, you know, I don't want to miss out any opportunity. But then as we start getting traction, it's like, that person outside your niche comes and lots of times we'll say, you know what? It's just not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Because we've learned that by getting hyper focused, we attract enough of the right people. And the more focus we get in our in our marketing, the more focus we can get in our services, the better results people can get. And so it becomes, it becomes something where you do start turning people away. Lots of times, not necessarily, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you turn people away.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So that was like
1: that was number one. That was, was all like, one. We're yeah. going to be
0: here for a while guys. All right. So growth one growth, is hyper-focused yes, so the
1: niche. Number one, hyper-focused niche. Number two, create a scalable package or scalable offer. So a scalable package, the idea behind this is that it can get you to where you want to go. Lots of times we'll set these outrageous goals, right? Like, oh, I want to make a million dollars this year. This happens all the time where I'll get on a call with somebody like, this is my revenue goal. It's like, okay, how much are you charging? And you look You know at their capacity and how much they're charging and it's like okay your goal is a million dollars but if you were fully booked like you had no time for anything else you could only make you know a hundred thousand dollars because your package is not built to get you beyond yourself right so you've got to build a scalable package and what does that mean that means that you've got a package that one can move beyond just you but two, actually help you reach your goals. And three, has an irresistible offer component, right? It's it's a, it's something that you put in front of people and your ideal clients, because you have a hyper-focused niche, your ideal clients will say, oh, my goodness, I want that. That's interesting. Let's talk about it, right? Like it makes things easier when you have something that people actually want to purchase. Okay, so number, should I on to number three. Let's or, go to three
0: before five <laughs> minutes later we get to okay, three. Yeah.
1: Okay, so number three um, is expert positioning. So you've got to position yourself in the marketplace and claim your spot as an expert around your subject, right? So it's not enough just to like have a great offer and to have a focused niche. You also have to start positioning yourself as – you know by and by doing things like uh, hosting a podcast or being on a podcast or writing a book or whatever it is that helps position you as an expert in the marketplace so that – what this does for you is it turns a lot of your marketing from chasing them marketing into inbound marketing. Because if, you know, you know, let's look at, we could use any brand building uh, marketing tactic, but if we use a book as an example, you know, you write a book and then it goes out there. Suddenly, people are reading the book and coming to you to ask questions about that thing, because you wrote, you literally wrote the book on the topic. That's the
0: thought leadership piece that you hear a lot about. And that is what, Really can it really starts to build that like organic lead funnel for you, so that you're not always having to be out prospecting and you know the pay to play game. You can people can come to you.
1: So I love that you said it that way too, because I think we say this, and especially like I use the example writing a book, so that can feel to a lot of people like, oh, that's something I do in the future, and the and that's not what is meant to be. It's meant to be something that is active right now. So if you're on LinkedIn. writing articles right you're 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 putting out content if you're uh uh, if you are better with your voice you know you're doing a podcast you know like you're better video you're on youtube and you're doing leadership level content to attract people to you
0: i think there is oftentimes a little bit of fear and vulnerability that can come into really stepping into that kind of expert positioning and thought leadership if if you are scared to go put your authentic, natural thoughts on your area of genius out there, you may not be in the right area of genius or you need a
1: coach. Yeah, that's true, because you, you, you got to claim your own. Yeah, you've got to step into it. You've just got to claim like we said earlier, you got to claim your spot as the expert and you've got to put your original thoughts out there.
0: So, OK, so once you've kind of gotten your your you've got the mojo going around growth, you know your niche, you've got that package you can sell all day, and you know how you're going to kind of scale it into more iterations in the future, and you've gotten yourself into that thought leadership positioning. You're ready to scale.
1: Okay, so let's talk really quick, just like a quick touch point on the difference between growing and scaling. Okay, so growth, like these are like, I'll give you textbook definitions, right? So growth is where your your finances, like your revenue, And your resources are growing at the same speed. So what does that mean? It's like a lot of one-to-one marketing, a lot of like you doing the work, a lot of uh, hands on in the trenches, you're doing a lot of the work. And as you do that, you're profitable, you're growing. And by the way, growth can take you up to like a million dollars per year. Like growth phase can be really, really big. Like if you're using organic outreach and you've got your scalable package how many clients do you really need to reach like multi six figures? Probably not that many. If you're if you're positioned right, you've got the right package, you've got the right outreach, right? So growth is a lot of you doing the work, a lot of one one on one stuff. Scale is where you grow faster than your resources. So we start to switch from one to one marketing to leveraged marketing. So what does that mean? Instead of like doing like uh, well along with lots of times. So don't abandon the things that are working, but so lots of times along with. But you start switching from like uh, direct outreach one to one to maybe you're doing uh, webinars or maybe you're doing a podcast or maybe you're instead of going to the networking event to meet people, you're speaking at the networking event. Right. Like you start to switch from one to one marketing to one to many marketing and your offer starts to be less about you and your time and more about the result they get. And uh, it doesn't matter who's fulfilling on that. Right. Right.
0: Scaling in some some ways could be what people call passive income in the in like the long run, let's say, because you're starting to lay the foundation and the groundwork to have less hands on activities that generate equal to more income, i.e. it becomes slightly more passive, let's say. But that's it's kind of a a layman's term way to associate the two, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think I would agree with that only because. Passive income is never really passive. (laughs) Yes, thank you. You you got to do something at some point. Yeah, when you understand (laughs) that, then it's exactly the same because it's like, do you have a business that like is quote unquote passive where you're just maintaining the system or do you have a bunch of rental homes where you're just maintaining the system, right? But you still
0: have to maintain the system. You
1: still have to maintain the system. Bingo.
0: So when you're ready to move into this phase, what are our three steps?
1: Well, so there's six. There's six systems for this. So, And this isn't like um, step one, step two, step three, step four. This is like all of these systems need to be working in order for your business to scale beyond you, right? So uh, they do kind of flow into each other, though. So you could view them as step one, step two, but, but not really. Because there's so many of them, how about I just list them out really quickly? List them. And we That's can exactly go back what I was thinking. Them. Yep. Okay. So number one is what we call the visibility acceleration system. So these are all going to have you know, my, my branded names, right? So what are we talking about? We're talking about how do you get visible? Um, Next is our lead generation system. So how do you turn that visibility into actual leads getting on the phone with you? Right. Number three is your um, sales conversion system. So now you're visible. Now you're getting leads. How do we turn those into actual sales? Okay. After that, we have our client success system. So this is once the client is inside your business, how do you guarantee they're going to get the results that you've been promising? You just made a bunch of promises. How do we know that no matter who's doing the work, they're going to get results? Number five. So those are the ones that can kind of be like steps They kind of flow into each other. These ones are not. So number f- uh, five is your financial management system. One of the best resources for this, you pointed it out on my bookshelf here uh, earlier, uh, is Profit First. First. If you haven't read Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, like that is the place to start. It's with. awesome. Yeah. With your financial management. Um, so um, financial management system, what are we talking about? We're talking about how do you actually make financial decisions? How do you manage your money? How, do, When money comes into your world, what do you do with it? And, and by the way, if you want to feel instant abundance, you want to feel like you are suddenly the most successful person in the world, get better at managing your finances. Uh-huh. Nothing else will change, but you will just feel and be able to make decisions that are a lot more empowered. And then the last one is your boss system, your business operations system, boss. Uh, So what does that mean? It means uh, this is the stuff behind the scenes that keeps things going. So a great example is my brother-in-law runs a pizza place, right? So you've got the front line of the pizza place where they're making pizza. They're putting the dough. They're putting the sauce on. They're putting the cheese on. And uh, uh, in the background, there's a guy running around who's refilling the sauce, who's refilling the cheese. He's in the back grating the cheese and then refilling the, the spot. So he's that that boss system is the things that happen in the background that need to happen for success. We need to make sure that they're working, but they're not top of mind all the time, right? So this would be like, you know, your financial management system is like, what do I do with money when it comes in? Your boss system is like, when do we actually cut the checks? (laughs) Did the checks get cut?
0: Yeah. This is all that behind the scenes stuff that depending on the type of entrepreneur you are, you either get hyper like hyper focused on to sometimes to the detriment of the sales activities. That's that whole working in your business versus on your business thing. Or you don't pay any attention to them at all, which means your house has a super shaky foundation. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, before we started recording, Craig's sitting in front of a bookshelf. And I was like, Craig, did you come and literally stack by stack, take <laughs> my books and just put them on your bookshelf? Because his entire lineup is like the exact same as mine. And the first two are traction traction which is an excellent resource for that kind of boss system that you're talking about and profit first. And if you kind of just want a little testimony on that fact, at the beginning of 21, so a year and a half ago, when we were coming off the crazy, uh, holy crap, I guess we're growing year uh, where I was working a ton. I was like, even even after three or four months of intentionally trying to kind of wrangle things and get and get my life back. I'm like, this business still owns me. And I had those I love to buy books and I they sit here and at some point I'm like, I'm going to read this book. And I picked those two books up and read them and implemented them within like the first month of January. And it really kind of revolutionized things. We got more done. We were more focused. We stopped kind of doing all the ideas because I'm one of those entrepreneurs who wants to do all the ideas all the time. And then I implemented the financial the financial system of Profit First. And it was so nice to actually see where my money goes because otherwise, like your QuickBooks, your QuickBooks stuff will tell you what your expenses are. However, they don't really kind of tell you how you're allocating all of that income from like a bigger picture. It is really empowering to kind of set yep. yourself up with those kind of systems.
1: Like with my clients um, that come and work with me, a lot of times, one of the first things we do is like actually <laughs> I'll, I'll make them read Profit First or if you guys, here's a, this is free plugs for Mike McCallowicz, right? Because he's he's awesome. But uh, if you do a search for uh, Mike McAlwitz, Profit First. There's a YouTube video of him um, at a conference where he explains like the whole process. Yeah. I'm like, go watch that video, mm-hmm. and then I force them to implement Profit First. And every person that does this does this says the same thing to me. It's like, holy cow, I have money. Uh-huh. Holy cow, I can do stuff. Like it feels so good. Like I, I can actually make decisions that are like empowered. And it's like we don't understand that. Um, we think that managing our money the way that we normally manage it is like good enough. But when you take it up a level, you understand, oh, my goodness, like this was holding me back.
0: Like Absolutely. It's, such a,
1: it's such an empowering thing.
0: And when you pair that with a good, you know, a good, clear growth strategy and those scaling systems around I'm visible. Here's where my leads come from. Here's my sales process. I know how to convert those clients and make them successful. And get the out- outcomes we want. When you pair all of that together, you're bringing in the dough and you're knowing exactly where it's going. And then you bring all of that together into a bigger picture strategy and you have the resources to begin executing on some business development, you exactly. know, concepts, products, courses, the stuff that can be passive after you put the initial initial work into it.
1: Yeah, and here's a great thing to build on what you just said. Here's a great thing about thinking about it in terms of systems, right? Like when you think about all those individual systems, when something's not working, you can start to pinpoint where is it? And fix it. Right. So like, let's say that, you know, we said those first uh, four kind of flow into each other, right? Visibility, lead gen, conversion, uh, client success. So like, let's say that you're just not getting clients. You can start saying, okay, am I visible? Yeah, I'm visible. Am I getting leads? Yeah, I'm getting leads, but the leads aren't converting to sales. What's going on? So it's like, you can look in your conversion system and say, Oh, here's the problem or here's where I can fix it. Or here's where I can tweak it. And because you're viewing these things as connected, but individual it leads to this uh, process of constant improvement. So your business can grow and grow and grow. And then you can step back and put someone else in charge of the system and start managing the person who's watching the system rather than you being all the time in the, in there doing it yourself. So this is how you transition to, you know, solo pro into a thriving CEO. This is how you make that, that transition.
0: And it's the hardest transition y'all ever make. Yeah. And it's not as fast and it's not as linear as the six points may make it sound like it is. (laughs) Because it is. It's really like an iteration. So okay, now I'm visible. I've got leads coming in. I'm not selling very well or I'm selling, but I'm not getting testimonials and referrals, which means my client successes isn't where where they should be, which then comes back to your lead gen. So it's, it's, it's all very intertwined, but I like this idea of looking them, looking at them as interconnected, but isolated systems so that you can really figure out what, which one of them is holding you back at any given time and improve that the continuous improvement. And once that's improved, then you're going to see the next chink, in the armor. It's a, it's a lot like uh, when I work with, you know, the job seekers out there, uh, I say to them, you know, wh- like where in your process are you getting hung up? Are you getting callbacks, but you're not getting the second round interviews? Are you going into a black hole, which means your resume is your hang up? It's it's very similar when you look at like the core milestones of, you know, anything where what what's holding what's my bottleneck What's holding me back.
1: Yeah. And the problem is it's it's such a powerful tool, but the problem is most people don't even have a framework or a process to look at to say, oh, let me identify where the bottleneck is. So by giving you a way to look at your business, you can suddenly start making those decisions. Something you said, too, about it's the hardest transition. Uh, one thing that made me think of is also the emotional component, right? So like a quick story for me was like the first time I had somebody else run one of my group coaching calls. Right. I had I had an employee do it. And uh, that week I spent the whole week going like, oh, my goodness, like people didn't get the value this week. Like, oh, my goodness, like how's this going to. And I went and talked to my clients and they were like, oh, yeah, everything's awesome. Like, you know, this was great. And the other and I realized that I the way I as the owner experienced the value that I provide had shifted And so um, I had to retrain myself to under like there's this feeling we get when things are going well. Right. Like we know in our gut things are going well because we're doing it. When you make the transition from actually doing the stuff to managing the people, you're like once
0: removed from the action. It feels way different.
1: You have to train yourself to experience that value differently differently. And it's like, if you can just, uh, just saying it out loud and like understanding that that's something you're gonna go through makes a huge difference. But like, I remember that first week I was just like hyperventilating, like, oh my goodness, everyone's gonna fire me. Like this is gonna end poorly. And uh, everyone was perfectly happy.
0: Well, and it's also the fact that, especially when it's something in like a coaching or let's call it like uh, an intellectual property kind of advisory space, it's, you can't create another Craig, you can't create another Angie. I've tried four times and failed. Like, let's just be honest. Nobody is going to provide your services exactly the way you do. And you have to get to the point of being okay with that as long as the way they do it is on brand and generates the outcome. It's, it's like micromanagement 101 that like, literally I'm not going to go find somebody with the propensity for dad jokes the way I do. And that's okay. The client's not going to get a worse experience as long as they're getting the same outcome they would, they would get with me. And then there's the whole sales process of training your clients to be okay with that kind of stuff. So again, once you find the person who can do on branded services in a way that you can live with until you retrain your mind. Then the next chink in the in the system is going to be how do you change your sales process to pass off clients to that? So, again, we come back to those interconnected systems and constantly just trying to kind of like inch along and improve the one that is kind of holding you back at, at the time
1: and i think you know a little bit of advice about this too is you know i think a lot of times we look especially when we put it in categories like this we're like okay it's time to get lead gen off my plate how do i get it off my plate and then we we try to outsource the whole thing and it fails spectacular and we get really upset and it sets us back and and all this stuff it as you're growing you have to stop looking at outsourcing as categories and start looking horizontally across your business so like instead of like saying how do i get rid of all of my lead gen you say what are the lowest level things that anyone could do and i, I don't care how they do it. They just have to be done across all of these categories, across lead gen and sales and what's the lowest level stuff. And that's where you start, right? You outsource that part and then you outsource the next part. And you just kind of, instead of trying to silo these out and outsource them, you outsource parts and free yourself up slowly to focus on the stuff that you're best at.
0: The switch doesn't just flip, it really is a process. And we're not very good in our world of impatience of following a process and trusting and having faith in an outcome. Yeah. So we, we just, uh, I love talking to fellow brain dumpers, by the way. Uh, (laughs) we just gave everybody out there a whole lot of information. So what I want to do is let's take a step back. And other than call us, what would, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who just feels like they're struggling with burnout, whether that's because they have too much business or they're trying to get enough, whatever it is, like, what is the single step they should take?
1: Um, so call us first No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> um, the, okay. So I guess every form of burnout is a little bit differently. Like if you're overwhelmed versus just like, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed because you're way too busy versus, um, feeling burnout because you're not getting success. You're not getting traction, right? Like kind of, kind of different answers. But I think the first thing to do is take a, take a breath and like, understand that this is something everybody goes through i think that's the first thing for like if i had if i could talk to you the person having burnout right now it's like take a breath it's okay we've all been through this we all go through this what you're experiencing is normal right that would be the first thing uh the next is go back to those foundations because if something is not working nine times out of ten it's a foundational issue i know that sounds really like I I think it's because of our need as humans to grow past the basics, but in business, the basics are what makes everything else work. And if they ever shift, and, and that includes the marketplace shifting, guess what? COVID just shifted the marketplace hugely. So if things shift, we have to go back and look at our foundation. Is my niche right? Is it still profitable? Is it still, do those people still want what I'm selling? Is my package right? Does it still make money? Does it, Is it still irresistible? Does it still make sense? Is my positioning right? Am I positioning myself correctly in the marketplace? Nine times out of ten, if you're struggling, either with overwhelm because you have too many or because you don't have enough, one of those three things are not aligned with what you want.
0: Bingo! Uh, take a step back. Is Yeah. The, Because that's that's also not in our nature. And it's it's a cliche. I still attest that cliches are things for a reason. It's usually because they're true that sometimes you have to slow down in order to then speed up. And that's a perfect example of identify the type of burnout that you have, what's causing it, and then take a step back to figure out what's the first action you should take to just kind of rein it in and just give yourself a new I think a new perspective. We're oftentimes too close to our businesses to be able to really assess that. Going back to that kind of mental and how it's emotional, you build something. We're all emotionally connected to it. Um, And just if you can step outside yourself, you can see the forest for the trees a little bit, a little bit better.
1: And it's very, it's dangerous to ignore it. It's dangerous to just be like, oh, I'm going to put my head down. So, you know, and a quick story from like illustrating this from my own experience. When I first like really got traction in my business, I went from zero to a hundred and like, you know, overnight I I made, I made like six sales and $60,000 in one weekend and went from like almost no clients to fully booked. Right. And it was all one-on-one clients. And I, for that, for that eight months It was wake up, service clients, go to sleep. Wake up, service clients, go to sleep. Like it was nothing but work. And I got to the end of the six months when contracts started to expire and I didn't want to renew anybody. I was so just burnt out. I didn't want to renew anybody. And so I let all of my contracts expire. I completely changed my business model, said, I'm going to do courses now, sell them online. It's going to be awesome. And guess what? I watched my six figure plus business go from huge to the last month. Uh, that I was still doing that, I made $500. And as a parent of four kids, you know, that's a tough, that was over the course of a year, that was a tough year, right? And then I was like, why did I change? Like, I, and I went back to what I was doing. And it all kind of picked up again, like immediately, right? Like, but the lesson here was I made decisions out of, uh, I created something that I didn't want. And rather than look at it and say, Okay, here's what was working. Here's what wasn't working. I threw the baby out with the bathwater and tried to switch. You everything. just reacted. Yeah. yeah. It was like a knee jerk reaction, right? So I call that my million dollar lesson because I probably in revenue lost and in amount of money I spent to switch up the business, I probably spent a, a million dollars and lost a million dollars. Um, but it, it taught me that idea of don't knee jerk reaction, like look at what is working. And say, this is the parts that aren't working. Let's change that. Not not change the whole thing.
0: Absolutely. I 100% agree. I, let's give everybody out there some other recommendations. And since you and I have similar uh, tastes in books and things, I think we're going to get some good ones as we play a little game called Rapid Fire Recommendations.
1: Rapid Fire Recommendations. Okay, I'm ready.
0: It's never very fast, Craig. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, what's your most memorable travel destination?
1: Oh, why we were just talking about this before the the show. Me and my family just went on a trip. We drove to New York City, to Philadelphia, up to New York, uh, like upstate New York. We went to Niagara Falls. And the highlight of that trip, 100%, was made in the mist, Niagara Falls. Get on that boat at the base of those falls. You cannot help but be inspired. I walked away wanting to be Nikola Tesla because it was just, it was amazing. That was, you know, 100% recommend. Go stay in Canada. They're super Nice. And go get on a boat at the base of Niagara Falls. It's pretty cool.
0: Great recommendation. And that's all my, that's all from where Angie hails. Uh, And It's funny. We were joking at the beginning of the the show that I think like we kind of high-fived in the car on our way, on our way cross paths because we were just back there, drove through Missouri where Craig's from. Uh, But no, Niagara Falls is a great travel destination uh, for lots of reasons. And Canadians are awesome. Uh so give us okay so we already have two traction and profit first. Give us another great book recommendation.
1: Uh well my book Built the Scale is coming out soon, so I don't have a date on that yet, but that's coming out soon so I 100% recommend that. Um let's see here though if I had to choose, I'm turning around and looking at my bookshelf here. I mean my go-to all the time is Profit First. That one 100% is is always my go-to recommendation.
0: I totally agree. If you if you are in in the profit first, doesn't you don't have to have a huge team or even a large business, even if you're making ten, fifteen thousand dollars a year. And as as you're like, I don't like the word side hustle anymore. I'm trying to call it part time business that you're going to turn into your full time career. Uh, It's just a lot of words (laughs) to replace side hustle. Uh, It can be a really good way to manage that money. Very, very smart. And very intelligently as you prepare yourself to transition. So let's just give another another nod to Mike McAlweitz and pr- pick up profit first.
1: And then my other recommendation would be one of the things that has influenced my business and my life the most is that I just try to read regularly. So um, you know, pr- it, it's 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 like you it's a culmination of constant reading that really changes your life, right? So it's like. Invest, and I've read a lot of really bad books, guys. <laughs> I've read a lot of really good books. And it's like, just uh, give yourself permission that if you get halfway through a book and it's not what you wanted, it's okay not to finish it. Um, and if a book is good, force yourself to finish it. Cause I feel like a lot of times we don't finish it. But if you, if you read every, you know, I, I'm not going to say every day because I'm not good at every day, but every month, every week, you're reading and you're finishing books. That's that, that's a life changing habit.
0: There is so much learning to be had there. And if you find so remember how I said this wasn't rapid. I'm going to just squirrel us for a quick (laughs) second and then I'm going to end with the next question. So we have to move on. But if you I do agree that like reading the whole book is very, very effective. However, if you find yourself resistant to that, there's a super cool app called Blinkist where you can basically digest books in a podcast format. They take books oh, cool. and do audio like 20 minute audio summaries of them and the key points and it's a super cool way to feel like okay, I got the key points. Now I'm going to go read the whole book. The next question is what's your favorite movie?
1: Favorite movie? Oh man. Uh Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey has been at the top of my uh movie list for probably 20 years. So that one is my go-to answer, but I am A more modern movie, Thor Ragnarok, Thor number three is fantastic.
0: It is. It's so good. I still have to go see the newest one, along with several other new releases that have just been on the back burner. But there's just something to be said. Every 25 year old out there is going, what the heck is Bill and Ted? And everybody (laughs) our age is going, yeah. (laughs) So uh, and then I think I'm going to give you an opportunity for another shameless plug. What's a podcast you want to recommend?
1: Oh, let's uh, recommend my podcast. Yeah. Built to scale. yeah. So seriously, you can go to built to scale HQ. So that's scale S C A L E built to scale HQ um, dot com. And there you can get the podcast. You can sign up for uh, the freebies that we have going on there. If you go to built to scale HQ slash report, you can get the built to scale framework if you'd like to get your hands on that.
0: I love you got to love freebies. And there you go. So uh, we typically ask, you know, how we find you. And there you go. You proactively answered. How do you find Craig and all of this wealth of information that you give out for free, which is awesome. Uh, Shameless plug. We may be reversing the script here soon and uh, flipping flipping guest and host. Right. It's on the books. So. Um, and of course this is so built a scale, built to scale podcast is on, it's on my library and I suggest you put it on yours as well. And of course this is a show about Mondays. So what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday?
1: Let's go. That's Let's what comes go. to mind for me. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Tell me why.
1: Um, I get excited for, uh, the week, honestly, like it's, uh, I love my clients. I love what I do. And so when I wake up on Monday, it's like, I just want to tackle it and get moving and get, get on with the, with changing lives and talking to people.
0: It's, and that's what, that's what all of us want to like. That's the goal to get to is that I replenished myself. I'm going to go now do my important work for the week. Let's get it done. Let's get back to the routine and back to the purpose that we fulfill. I love it.
1: Well, you know, and I think uh, you're probably wrapping up, but uh, one last thought on that same thing is for me, it's uh, since I've built my life with purpose, since I've built my business with purpose I take time off in the afternoon. I've got a guitar behind me right here. My kids, you know, they hear me blasting uh, my electric guitar every day and uh, I will go for walks in the middle of the day. And I'll, you know, I have built a life that supports my lifestyle. So I don't dread going back to work because it's built the way that I want it to be.
0: Everything's aligned. That's and I, I tell people that whether it's a career or a business, Think about what your life goals are and then design your career, whether that is entrepreneurship or working for somebody, which is totally okay too. design them and design them to support the life versus the very American way of doing things, which is let's shove life into the five minutes left after I slave away. So I think if you if you really shift your priorities there, everything really comes into balance and then you can look at Mondays as let's go and not have the Sunday scaries
1: every week.
0: So no, this is awesome. And as we wrap up, we're going to get one more gold nugget of you out of you. Uh, Just to reiterate, you can find Craig online at built to scale right? Mm-hmm. We're going to link the podcast, the website. Uh, I think we'll throw a direct link to those freebies that have this, the, the framework that we talked about in the show in the show notes at nomoremondays.info. So you can grab those there. And as we say goodbye on what could be a four-hour podcast, holy cow, uh, let's give everybody one more little pearl of wisdom. What is your number one piece of advice on what everybody out there can do to get one step closer to career and life satisfaction?
1: Clarity. It's all about clarity. If you don't have clarity, then you won't get what you want. So uh, if you want to take a step closer, uh, take a beat, take a breath and really get clear on what you want.
0: You don't know what to ask for if you don't know what you want. There you go. Get clear. Have a niche. Go be a thought leader. And lots of other little great wisdom came out of this. Craig, this has been awesome. I, uh, I knew I would have fun talking shop with you. We got into a little bit of everything. Entrepreneurship business, even some career stuff. And so I'm super appreciative you joined us today. And thanks for being part of the No More Mondays movement.
1: You bet. 100% loved it.
0: Awesome. And as always, we love hearing from people who have successfully navigated Career Crossroads chart a to success and are helping others do the same. So there's some awesome advice here. This is my kind of episode, everybody. This is where we get practical, tactical stuff coming out of this. So uh, for all of you business owners or aspiring entrepreneurs out there, I hope you took some notes. I hope you're going to tune into everything Craig's doing around Build to Scale, including the book that's coming out, which we'll have to stay in touch about and make sure we do an update when it does. And for all of you out there listening, I would love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your pod and leave us a five-star rating because it's a huge help as people like Craig and I continue to do these kinds of podcasts and inspire confident professionals and entrepreneurs everywhere with awesome stories and awesome resources. If you'd like to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or grab all the links to Craig's resources, visit us online at nomoremondays.info and I'll see you next week for another episode of No More Mondays. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Careerbenders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at
1: careerbenders.com.